Welcome to Made in Africa. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Made in Africa podcast. It's been ages since we were last here, but there's been plenty to keep us occupied over the last few weeks. From the thrilling title race between Arsenal and Manchester City to the relegation battle that includes almost half the Premier League. We're delighted to be joined by Nigerian journalist Oluwashina Okaleji later on to get the lowdown on a couple of players who look like they may be on their way to England in Samuel Chukwesi and Victor Osman. But before that, it's time to welcome my esteemed co-host, Rahman Osman. How are you, mate? It's been far too long. Hi, Ed. Hi, Ed Aarons. How are you, big man? I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm good. And uh, yeah, been, I've seen you a few times around the way. We've both been really busy. It's just been incessant, hasn't it, the last few weeks? So many matches, so much going on. Yeah, so much going on. And Ed has been in and out of work, trying to get himself tanned and ready for summer. Yeah, not long to go. <laughs> not long to go. But uh, before that, there's so many games to to, to to be played and so many things to be sorted out in the Premier League. I think pretty much every team has still got something that they're playing for. There's nobody quite on the beach just yet. But um, and if you watch Liverpool Leeds on Monday night, but it was a, a classic... Jekyll and Hyde Liverpool this season, wasn't it? You know, sometimes they've been here, you know, they've beaten Bournemouth 9 0, United 7 0, and now Leeds 6 1. Uh, what do you make of them? Um, I saw them against Arsenal, and I thought they were really good, especially in the second half where they stifled Arsenal and, 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 and quite made it really difficult for them to, to, to get into rhythm. And you kind of saw that. Anfield played a massive role in that. And sometimes that's what teams need, a kick up where they, they need to start their season. And it's funny, everybody's saying Mo Salah is having a really bad season, but he's scoring a lot of goals also. And it's it's kind of really interesting, the kind of season he's having. And I think that the game against Leeds, uh, to be fair, Leeds are a very poor side. I can't, I can't even put words to them. And just to put into context, they got thrashed by Palace five one at Elland yeah. Road, and and yeah. yeah, if you look at the gap in quality of Palace and Liverpool, I wasn't surprised that Liverpool took them to the cleaners yesterday. They are bang on in trouble, but Liverpool look like they will make a late chase for that top four Champions League spot. Mm, yeah, I think they still got an outside chance of that, but I think most. Most people can see that it's it's going to be difficult for them to do that. But um, see that um, Mohamed Salah got a couple of goals again. It's been a, a strange season for him as well. I mean, he's still managed to, to score quite a few. Um, and I just wanted to ask you as well about what happened with, with Sadio Mane last week, obviously, against City. And uh, everybody's been talking about this season, how much Liverpool have, have, have missed him and... And he's not really settled over there in Germany. And now there's a few reports after that incident with Leroy Sane when he reportedly punched him in, in the changing room after their, their defeat to Manchester City. And he was fined and then dropped from the squad to face Hoffenheim over, over the weekend. He'll be back in the... Well, potentially he'll be back in the in the Bayern Munich squad to face City this week. What do you think about his future? There's a few reports that they might sell, try and sell him this summer. Maybe back to Liverpool? <laughs> That that would be like a fairy tale. 
ended. <laughs> uh, to be honest, Sadius endured a really difficult season. And funny enough, I think he's got 12 goals for them. And if you're looking at just goals, then you possibly think that, oh, for somebody who's been injured for about five months, he missed the World Cup, had a bad injury, had to go through the ninth. And if you factor in that he's moved to a new league, new club, new teammates, new food, everything new, he needed a certain level of stability, but he's just not had that buy-in. Julian Nagelsmann was the manager when he went. He's been fired. Thomas Tuchel has been brought in. And it's one of those strange seasons. And I'm, I'm quite really interested to hear from Sadio's side of the story because prior to this, the story behind Will Sadio Manis is, is really this nice, gentle, very friendly and quite really compassionate guy. So if you were going to yeah. talk about Sadio Mane, you were never going to talk about somebody who's violent or somebody who would punch a teammate and, and all that. And but, especially, you know, but just, uh, you know with, with Sane's uh, Senegalese roots, I know that doesn't have any, anything to do with people who have, have a disagreement, but for him to have a big fight with with the, you know, a Senegalese legend's son as well, who you thought he might get on quite well with, was was really surprising to me as well. I understand. I, I agree with you. It was out of character. Honestly, and I'm saying this, these things happen a lot in dressing rooms. The fact mm. that it's in the media, honestly, is something Bayern have to look at. And I I follow a lot of Senegalese journalists, and 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 they say that a lot of these things happen. Like players have a go at each other. Players. Yeah. It's it's part of it. Maybe punching is a bit extreme, but I remember a story. Stephen Pina told me a story when he was when he was at Ajax. There was a really big fight also between Zlatan Ibrahimovic and um, Mido. You remember Mido? Mido used uh, he was former Egypt international and played at Spurs at some point. Now at that time they were all at Ajax, and they went away to play in a league game at Groningen. And apparently the game didn't go well and Mido and Zlatan were all strikers and they got into a really big fight. And Zlatan even threw a scissors that nearly took out his eye. And there are a lot of stories of bust-ups in dressing rooms, especially in high-profile games, like the one between City and Bayern Munich. If it came, if the leaks came from, from the City cameras in the dressing room or whatever, then maybe Bayern have no control. But you get a feeling that a lot of leaks happen in Bayern Munich. And that in itself is not good for team health. And it, it 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 does look like a whole mess. And Sadio's salary, about 20 million euros, again, keeps being highlighted in the dressing room. And a lot of the time, I saw a report by one of the Bayern, Bayern aggregators saying that there's, there's this joke going around in a training ground where they're joking that, oh, well, we didn't sign Sadio Mane. I think we signed his twin brother because he's not playing like Sadio Mane and all that. So it's it's for me, it's out of character. If it did happen, Sadio has been punished or left out of Hoffenheim, fined about 300,000 euros. That's a lot of money to lose if you lose your temper and all that. But yeah, Bayern itself look like a troubled club at the moment. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and uh, according to the reports, um, don't have to re-signing, which wouldn't surprise, but, but the Premier League is seen as the most viable option for him to return. Um, time in, will tell. I'm, in in that I, in that I know Sadio very well. I think just he's never one to run away 
at the first challenge. And I say that because you see, even, even Sadio's, Sadio's story when he moved to Europe, it's a story of great determination and what you can achieve if you continue going even in tough times. And he really wanted to have a new start and that's why he picked Bayern Munich. And you can look at how it meant to the club and meant to the player when he first went there. And these things are part of big clubs, especially, listen, I can guarantee you, if they were to go ahead and knock out Man City tomorrow night and go on to win the league and start contributing a big deal, nobody's going to be talking about him trying to leave. Football, the only way you respond is on the field. It's on top players respond on the pitch. And this could be what Sadio needs to kick up. Bayern don't have a 20, 30 goal striker since Lewandowski left. That gap is there for Sadio to fill in. The fact that, I mean, with all due credit to Maxim Chipomotin, he's, he's, he's doing his best and scoring goals. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't think he was a Lewandowski or what. So it's it's a very difficult season for them. And that's why you keep hearing all this. I still think he can turn things around in Bayern. Yeah, I, I I hope you're right because he's he's still a very very good player and you know he doesn't he's not going to have lost that overnight. It's you know less than the, you know not very a few months since he was rated the second best player in the world. So he's still got something to give, uh, despite having turned thirty one. Um, and and just quickly because we're going to have to welcome Oliver Sheeno on in a in a second, but just quickly three teams that are going down then in the Premier League from you, Roman. Okay. That's a really good question because I, I mean, listen, mate, there are about five teams that could easily go down. Five teams. So Southampton for me, like you rightfully said, maybe if, if there's a team that's already on the bench is Southampton. Now from Southampton, Leicester can go down, Forest can go down, Everton can go down, Leeds can go down. That's banging from 16 down. West Ham United picked the pointer against Arsenal. That's taking them to 31. Then Leeds, who have been battered in the last two games, have got 29. So if I was to pick, I'll pick Southampton, Leicester, and Leeds United. I think Everton, the Shondag factor, will be quite key. And even though they were also quite really disappointing against um, Fulham, I still think that Dutch will be able to, to just keep them up by the skin of their teeth. Forest, it's hard because Forest is an enigma. They barely create and they're so loose at the back. But given that Leeds continue, if they lose 2-0 to United and Leeds lose maybe 6-5 to, to Liverpool, you get the feeling that Leeds concede a lot more. So for me, if I was to call it at this particular point, Southampton, Leicester, and then Leeds United. I don't know, mate, it's going to go down to the wire. I don't think West Ham, Bournemouth, Wolves, I, I think they're, they're pretty safe, but perhaps West Ham need a, need a couple more wins to be certain. They've got a game in hand over everybody else, but it's been really exciting. I think. Do you think it's a sign of the quality of the, uh, down there or, or lack of quality? I think it's I think it's the, the teams have got better than last season, actually. In, a, in a, another season, Leicester would have been okay, I think. Well, Leicester have got 25 points. I'm not sure which kind of season they would be okay with 25 points, honestly, from 31 games. But 
I, I just think the stand, the overall standard, you know, Bournemouth has shown, you know, some of the players that Bournemouth brought in, you know, talking about Watara, we we did a couple of times yeah. when he when he arrived. And you know, a lot of the signings that they made in January are potentially going to help keep them up. Yeah, Watara was actually linked to Leicester also, and they, they weren't too sure about him. He's going to Bournemouth. Yeah, he's, he's doing quite really good for them. And yeah, but I get what you mean. I think it's just a, it's a combination of both, like, like Forrest. Listen, Forrest have signed a lot of players, but I just don't see the quality in the team. Like, where's the quality? Where's the creation? Where's, where's the chances? They, they don't create a lot. They they just they just look out of their depth and they continue they continue conceding. Like I look through the players they've brought in, and you the whole midfield, and you look like maybe John Joe Shelby. Mate, with all due respect to John Joe Shelby's career in 2023, John Joe is not going to be your main creative force with those long diagonal passes. Then they've got Danilo. Then they've got Cheko Kuyate, who's always out injured. So it's just what gives White showed a bit of promise here and there, but he's been off the ball in the last two, three games. Johnson, the same. Um, uh, Awonyi, in and out of the team, injured. Ayu, in and out. It's just so hard. Chris Wood is injured. The best player for me is Felipe, maybe on loan defender from Atletico Madrid. And maybe. Navas, Kayla from, from from PSG. I mean, but if a goalkeeper and a defender are your best player, it says so much about your team. Okay, now it's time to welcome our very special guest, and he's no stranger to the Made in Africa podcast, having joined us at a similar stage last season to discuss the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, and sorry to do this, but our first question. Have you recovered from the, uh, the heartache of uh, losing to Ghana? Ah, you want a man to brag today? <laughs> nah, Sorry, man. Nah, nah. I think oh, no. that, has come, that, that has come and gone. Um, everyone is healed. We've recovered fully. And um, I mean, Ghana didn't do anything at the World Cup. So if, that, if, there was any, if there was anything to look at and laugh about, it's how Ghana went there and... Uh, embarrass themselves huh <laughs> well yeah we've recovered and um new manager new super egos same old problem but hey it's the super egos yeah yeah well listen we're going to talk a little bit about Chukwesi and Osimhen tearing it up in their respective leagues later on um but first of all we just wanted to get your view on the title race and it's been very exciting obviously the last few weeks but Arsenal maybe they've they're showing a few signs of vulnerability obviously having a two-goal lead in the last two matches against Liverpool and West Ham. And at this stage then, Sheena, who's who is your money on? Well, I think my money will be on Man City. I don't think um, they, um, they lack the, you know, what's it called? The, um, you know, the ability to finish off a season. I mean, they've been behind, they've been trailing Arsenal. We all knew about the fact that Arsenal... Um, are not so invisible like um, a couple of years ago. Arsenal are no longer the team that can finish the race and they've shown that vulnerability at Liverpool and West Ham out um, not to finish a season. I mean, you can't take that huge lead um, against a team like uh, Man City and not try and be clinical and finish off. So I think there's that mental thing for, for Arsenal and um, at this point in time, at this point in, uh, of the season so far, 
I think my money will be on Man City because Arsenal tend to have actually slipped off. And uh, I, I think it, it goes to show that um, everything, the honest is on Man City to actually finish it off. For Arsenal fans, I'm sorry. Um, we want to enjoy the banter. I want to enjoy calling them um, banter FC and all of that. But on a more serious note, I don't think um, Mikel Arteta and his Arsenal side can get it over the line this time around. Yeah, I mean, it's such a difficult task, though, isn't it, to win the, the title these days with City? They're so incessant. With Arsenal, it, do you think it'd still be a good seat? I know, I know, everybody would be down and, and everything if they didn't, they didn't manage to win the title. But on reflection, maybe, you know, in a, in a few weeks after it does happen, do you think it would? They think it would be a good season to come second. I don't know. I think um, if they hadn't been at the top of the table, probably yes. But for them to sit that long at the top of the table, the way they played and um, the way they dominated games, I think Arsenal fans will feel like this is the season for them. I mean, we've seen um, Liverpool um, pick up the title in the middle of everything, in the middle of uh, Man City's dominance. And so far, um, a lot of Arsenal fans will be angry. They'll be upset. There'll be a lot of frustration and anger. Um, should Arsenal lose this season? I don't think I uh, lose the title. I don't think any Arsenal fan would say, "Oh, you know what? From where we're coming from, um, yeah, maybe it's a good thing we'll finish second. No, I think um, for having taste is like asking a man, "This is the good life." You're telling him to taste um, suffering again. He will tell you, "No, I want a good life." So to have tasted that bit of success, that that momentum of actually um, being close to winning the title. And then only for them to blow it and bottle it up. I don't think any genuine Arsenal fan will be um, will be will, will be contented with that. I think what they would want is for them to win the title. Maybe if they were in fourth place and then they close the gap on City and finish second, they might say, "Okay, we ran a good race." But to be at the top and then watch everything slip away in front of you, um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Raman is a closest Arsenal fan that might accept that. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, definitely, I'm not an Arsenal fan, and I agree with you. Especially if you if you've led the table for seventy five percent of the season, and and in as much as okay, everybody will say you are ahead of schedule. If this was Tottenham, everybody would be saying that's spicy, that's spicy. If this was United, people have questioned their character since Ferguson, and if this was Chelsea heads would have rolled if they did not win it. So it's the same thing. I I, I, I struggle to understand where this whole sense of, oh, they've done well. Man, they've been leading the league table. They've played some of the best football. But we've always known that you need to finish well. That's how this league is won. And they know also this from what's happened to Liverpool in the last five years. The league title literally is won on the last day. Last season... Liverpool actually were winning, but City were losing to Villa. And in the space of 20 minutes, turned a 2-0 down to 3-2, and they ended up winning it. You remember the Aguero year? And it, so many years of City have always been won with the last kick. So I still think that Arsenal, it's in their own hand. If they go to the Etihad and get a win, you'd never know. That's that's what they really need. And Mikel, Mikel has been at the Etihad. He's worked with Pep. Gabriel Jesus has been a magnificent signer. He seems to have a little bit of character about him also in Zinchenko. And so there's still a lot of twists and turns. But at this moment, I can understand why a lot of people are, are, are leaning towards Man City. Yeah, you go. Yeah, you're absolutely right to point out that it's, it's still in Arsenal's hands. You know, they, they, they get that 
if they can get a draw uh, at the Etihad in that massive game next week, then then yeah, that they they can still do it. But I think it's the negative sort of spiral from the two surrendering two goal leads twice. I think I think there's a stat that's only five times that's ever happened in the Premier League um, in successive games, and it's it's a really strange. If if that is the thing that that you know ends them winning the uh, their chances of winning the league, um, it's, it would be a strange couple of results to have, have settled it you know like being 2-0 I mean, 2-0 up at Anfield you can understand you know Liverpool were were good in the second half and they probably deserved to, to win really if it wasn't for Ramsdale but then the West Ham one was very strange because they were so in control and they just took their eye off the ball and I was going to ask about Party what you guys thought of, of his performance because he was really singled out and rightly so he didn't have his greatest afternoon yeah I thought Thomas Thomas has earned the right to have one off game. To be honest, he's, he's been the pillar on which this whole success has been built. And sometimes it gets to the players also, and the nerves happen. And he he's he got a few passes, and it didn't start even at West Ham, even at, at, at Liverpool. Anfield. I thought he was a bit G three. He didn't have that same level of composure that he normally has. He didn't have that same level of drive that he normally has. And it continued at the London Stadium. I think that. This is a real test of some of the big characters, and not just Thomas. I'd say the same also to even the injury to Saliba, and even Gabriel also had his off moments. And even the goal um, Ramsdale conceded, especially um, the second goal, you, you, he got attached to it. But if you look at his form at Anfield and the form at the London Stadium, it was like day and night. And so a lot of the top players that Martin Odegaard was miles of it. He was really miles of it against West Ham. So it's a lot of top players that that have been so key looking like they are not really, really ready for what is a very interesting running. But yeah, that's what makes this league the best in the world, isn't it? Yeah, and as I was going to ask you, Shana, about uh, Leicester as well. Um, their game against City was quite interesting because I know that City ran away with it in the first, <clears throat> first half an hour, but then in the second half, uh, Kelechi Inacho came on and made a made a massive difference. He probably <clears throat> probably should have scored more than than once. And less, I mean, he, do you think he might be the key to helping Leicester stay up? Well, I think um, for Kelechi Inacho, the only consistent thing about him is his inconsistency. Um, yeah. He tends to he tends to enjoy a moment of you know um, success and then. He, he tends to just switch off. And that has always been the criticism leveled against him, both at home and in England. Um, he's one player that can make magic happen. He can let a lot of things happen. I think every time he travels to the Etihad, there was a period I was talking to him and he said he often feels like he has an undone business. He has an unfinished business whenever he travels there. He wants to remind you know, the supporters and, of course, the people around the club that he still has a lot to offer. I think when he moved to Leicester, I remember they had this... Um, um, opportunity to sign him back. There was a buyback clause from his contract or thereabout. So I think there's always that thing when he goes there. And I wasn't surprised that he scored. If only he had put in the second one, maybe, yeah, he would have said, okay, that's Kelechi in as well, making a statement at the Etihad. But um, for Leicester City, um, from the vibe I get around the club, around the players, I understand that, you know, under Brendan Rogers, there's been complete collapse in terms of mentality. Um, you know, the the exit of uh, Fofana and um, how it was managed. Some of the players, they are also looking at it. Um, there are three players who are probably going to leave on a free this season. There, is another, there are other um, who are going to probably leave for free again next season. So it tells you that 
Leicester, whether with Kelechi in a show firing, whether with passing Dakar, another African there, whether with even Jamie Vardy, who's not getting a run in. I think um, it doesn't matter. This It's not the same Leicester, all, all the same. And they, they will actually be lucky to escape relegation this time around. Um, when you look at um, how they performed, a lot of people might say, oh, they should have gotten a result at the Etihad. But I think um, we're seeing a different Leicester altogether, completely broken, completely shattered. I don't know where they're going to pick it up from. But the, a massive achievement would be for them to stay in the league. Mm, agree. And, and Rom, you, you wanted to ask about Wilfred Ndidi? Yeah, Ndidi, for me, when Ndidi first came through the league, so Leicester had signed a lot of players, um, Nampales Mendy, um, Daniela Mate to try fill the void created by the departure of Ngolo Kante. But the only player who managed to do that was Ndidi. And at that time, there were big teams in Europe that were looking at him. And then he had a really bad injury. And he's come back and he's looked a pale shadow of himself. Do you really think that he would find his form again? Because if Leicester are truly to stay, our players like Ndidi have to turn the corner. Well, you're right about that. Um, it brings a lot to the team. And like you said, at some point, um, he made um, Leicester fans forgot all about Ngolo Kante and because of his performance and all that. But I think something that we've all forgotten here is that, that um, and that he's one player who, um, last three years, is put um, Leicester before himself. He's always a player who will take the painkillers, who will force himself. You know, they were quick to rush him back from any knocks. Um, because of how much he gives to the team. And at some point, those close to him were saying he probably overstayed his relevance at um, Leicester because he should have left, because he, they, they felt like he wasn't being treated like one of the senior players at the team. When you look at it, he's been around there for like five years, and they felt like other players like Jamie Vardy, Madison, would not be forced to go through the pain to play for the club. So for for, for those people close to him, they felt like he was always rushed back. And I also recall that the last time he was home for the international, I was having a chat with him, and he said to me, like, his priority actually is for, for him to um, for him to be fully fit um, because every time you've seen him, he goes down, the comeback is always slow, he's no longer the same player. Back home, people are saying maybe um, it, it's the knock. Um, knocks and of course the 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 fact that he's always traveling with the national team, being forced to play games and all that. I just think the truth here is that Wilfred has not managed his body properly and he's paying the price now. Wilfred also um has has shown to a lot a lot of commitment and a lot of loyalty to Leicester, which in other words hasn't been um reciprocated in terms of how the club should shouldn't have rushed him back in a hurry. Bernard Rogers was still we won't rush him back, or the truth is that Behind the scene, there's pressure on him to quickly get back. And when he gets back, he can't really recapture his old form. And that's why he has actually struggled. And um, Raman, you're right. If Leicester, need, if Leicester has to survive and stay in the league, the likes of Wilfred Ndidi would be a player that he'll be looking at to actually bring his A game on. But um, it goes beyond one player. Um, I've never seen Wilfred lose the ball easily like he does this season. Um, you know, he's, he's had moments where they steal the ball off him. He's had moments where people are hurried him, people people hurried him, and he, he loses the ball easily and all that. It's not it's not a lack of um, confidence or anything. It's just that you, you don't have the same player again, and this is not the same Wilfred that we've all, all always known because he's paying the price for um, everything he's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a real shame because you know at, in his, at his peak he was rated as the best in his position in the league. You know that's no that's no exaggeration, is it? It was, it was big big transfer talk around him, and 
and he's still still young enough to to have a good career. But you know, it's it's difficult to come back from injuries, um, and uh, yeah. So it, I think it's going to be very difficult for Leicester to stay up as well. We uh, Rahman and I we had our had a discussion earlier just about who we think are going to go down. And I think yeah, I think I agree, I agree. Leicester is going to be very tricky, and Southampton. And uh, we, we the only debate we thought was over Forest or Everton or Leeds. What do you, what do you think? Um, honestly, um, I think um, Everton, they've been working on a tightrope. Um, new manager, new ideas. They appeared to like, you know, they were punching themselves out of that relegation zone and they found themselves there. Um, I think um, Leeds United as well, um, even Nottingham Forest. Um, Southampton easily, everyone's written them off completely. Um, it's going to be difficult, but I think um, I don't look beyond. I, I think it will be um, Nottingham Forest if they are not careful. Um, now they have to have back, by the way. Um, is saying that um, he does not want his first season in the Premier League to end in relegation, but he would also need to start scoring those now that he's back on, on form. So I think it's a difficult one to call. Um, it's between, oof, I think, we already know Southampton. Southampton, Leeds, Leicester, Forest, Everton. Yeah. You have to pick three. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think it will be Southampton, uh, Leicester and Leeds United. Yeah. 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 Nigerian players who are doing, who are doing better. Well, their teams are doing better anyway. Um, first of all, Samuel Chukwesi, who was uh, absolutely amazing. I'm sure you enjoyed that game against Real Madrid a couple of weeks ago when he scored uh, scored two goals, and he was he was absolutely amazing, wasn't he in that in that game? But he's been amazing all season, hasn't he? Uh, 13 goals, 11 assists. So first of all, uh, 80 million euros apparently is the price tag. Villa were interested, obviously, with the link with Unai Emery. But what do you think? Do you, do you think he's going to end up somewhere even better than that, perhaps? Um, in terms of his current form, I think people back home are frustrated. Um, and that came from the last game against Guinea-Bissau. For Villarreal, he's, he's absolutely balling. He's exciting to watch. He gets all the freedom he wants. Um, and managers who actually believe in him. With Nigeria, Nigerian fans are unforgiving. Um, they, they also tend to Forget that he, he plays um, when he's playing for Nigeria, when he's playing for Leicester. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> Villarreal. They are two different things altogether. Um, one mistake, uh, a mistake or uh, one wrong pass in the colors of Nigeria, you might never get your confidence back because he understands the pressure that comes with representing Nigeria. So when people watch him against Real Madrid, fans were absolutely divided. Some are saying, how come we didn't see this Chukweze when he came to play against Guinea-Bissau? We lost at home. He went to Bissau and they couldn't do much. He couldn't do anything. And then only for him to return to Spain and he's lighting up La Liga and all that. People actually question his commitment, his style of play, blah, blah, blah. But that is the Nigerian fans for you. But in in Spain, at the Ceramica, um, you know, um, other, other, a former player of Villarreal, Nigerian, Ike Chukuche, says, the value and the premium placed on Chukweze, any club that will probably come and take him will probably spend more than the 18 million euros as it is because um, they are looking to, if they are going to sell, they are looking to sell for huge, huge fee. And um, 
I, I don't think um, Villa will be the biggest attraction because of Unai Emery. I think there's also been interest from other top clubs. And um, if Chukwese wants to get to the next level of his game, I think it's all about, oh, I mean, I'm not a coach. I'm, no, I'm nothing. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just someone paid to talk. So I think for Chukwese, he also needs to, there, there's a bit, a part of his game that, needs, that he needs to improve, which is consistency, which is the fact that um, when he played against Real Madrid, you would think that he doesn't need any of my advice. But by the time Villarreal were playing their next game, they lost that game. And people were saying, what happened to the Chukwese that was tearing Nacho apart and all of that? So it's all about consistency. It's all about conviction. It's all about, you know, playing on a regular basis. Stats don't lie. He has he's had an amazing season. But there are still critics of his game who feel like there's more to, for him to do. And he himself is his own biggest um, critic. When he, he, he said to me a couple of times, like, you're big bro, I still want to get better. I still want to get better. Wherever he ends up, I, I think, in my opinion, and this is nothing again, in my opinion, I think it would be better off staying in La Liga for another one or two seasons, whether elsewhere, whether at Villarreal. But I still think there's, there's, there's some part of his game that a lot of people... Um, still believe like he needs to improve on, and that's just what I think. Um, Villa, no, no, I don't think I don't think would be the ideal place for him to come to. Yeah, I just wonder whether the price tag is going to be uh, is going to put people off because you know, like you say, is well, I mean, he's but he's I think he's proven it that he's good enough to do it. But yeah, paying that much money is is a big is a big risk a risk for anybody, isn't it? You know. See how people can struggle to adapt to different leagues, but I agree. I think he probably should stay where he is because he, he's still he's really enjoying it over there. You know, guys, um, last, last summer he nearly came close to signing for Brighton. Honestly, um, we're speaking to a couple of agents in Brighton where we're monitoring him, and you know, Brighton have got some of the best scouts around because they 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 literally can smell some of the best talents in Europe, in South America, in Africa, and all that. And they 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 were looking at him. And I don't know, for some reason, Ed, was it not you they, they, they were speaking to about his character assessment and all that? If, if you I remember. think what... Asked, asked me a little bit about his um, character and yes. things like that. That's kind of standard, isn't it? Especially yeah. in a club like Brighton. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, don't don't shop in the above sort of thirty million euros. That they, they, they that's kind of yeah. Their policy is to buy people for a lot less than that. Um, I think um the affordability. I mean, eighty million euros is, is quite a lot of money, and I think because of a sellout clause that was put in this contract, it might be difficult. I think at some point it was fifty million euros. Um, I don't know if that has been improved, but we've had 80 million euros. But like I said, some people are saying he might even go for way more than that. Um, in terms of his character, I think I'll understand why clubs always check that nowadays, don't they? They need to check because you don't know the kind of players you bring into your dressing room. You also want to be sure that um, um, what what you're getting is, you know, um, is value for money and is not going to come turn things around. Who would have thought? Another Nigerian gift, Urban Nuruza Ghent, uh, and could be the player that everyone is talking about moving to the Premier League after less than um, seven months or six months in in, in, the, in, the, in the top flight of European football. Everyone is talking about is an unknown star. But before, I mean, the reason why he, 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 he wasn't really snapped up quickly was the fact that there were still some question mark about um, his personality, 
um, his ability and a lot of things. So I think there's always that caution, especially when it comes to African players. People want to ask questions and all that. And I think it's only relevant if you're spending the big money. You need to be sure you're bringing in the right characters. Exactly. And and with Ozzaman, I mean, everybody's talking about him as well. As you know, there's him and Haaland as the two best strikers in the world. And yeah, having an amazing season for Napoli. And obviously tonight um, against Milan, going to be a big night for them. What do you think about him and his future? Do you think he, he could be coming to the Premier League as well? Or do you think maybe he should stay at Napoli? Because they, they seem to be building something very special. I think if we all know the Napoli president, he's a very difficult man. Um, he would only let you go when he wants you to go. So I think Kusime himself and those advising him are quite aware of that. Uh, remember, Koulibaly wanted to leave. Um, he only left when he felt like he was done with him. <laughs> not, I mean, in the right sense of it. And also, um, remember that statement he made about not wanting to sign African players. Um, I don't think um, his most prized assets, um, Victor Simeon really liked that when he mentioned that. But the player won't come out to say anything. Um, we have the AFCON in January and all that. I believe if, um, this is my opinion really, I believe if, and it's only a matter of when, now, I don't know, um, but should um, you know, Napoli clinched the Scudetto as they are expected to. And um, should they get to the um, final of the Champions League, I think it would be a good time for Vitor Simet to leave. But with the president, let him leave. That's the big question. Um, he wants to test himself in the Premier League. He hasn't even eaten that. Ed, I don't know if you remember one time when I sent you a story about um, when sports were interested in him, um, when he was still at Lille. Um, it was it was true story. Um, you know, um, you know, sports approached Lille, but he was always going to be a second. Um, he was going to be a backup striker to Harry Kane, and they didn't think that it was a good time for him to go to the Premier League as well as a second strike, uh, as a backup striker to Harry Kane. Um, they wants to test himself in the Premier League. He's a Chelsea fan, boiled Euro, um, Didier Drogba. Um, he's never hidden the fact that he wants to play in the Premier League. I don't think it's it's up to Vitor Simen. He can easily get a move to the Premier League. They've mentioned top clubs, but it's about the Napoli president letting him go. But the big question is, in the, another season where we'll have um, the, the AFCON happening in the middle of the season, maybe the, the president might change his mind and say, you know what, maybe I should bless you. You won me the league. You've taken this club as far as they could possibly be in the last 30 years. Maybe it's time for you to go. But you never know. You never yeah. know. So, well, Victor Osimhen would love to come to the Premier League. That's no, it's no secret. Yeah, just thinking about who who could potentially sign him. Then, I mean, the obvious one is is Man United, but I think it's so it would come down to a choice between Kane and Osimhen for United, and whether they can get Kane or not. I suppose is probably be their preferred target. And then, so then you're talking about maybe Tottenham getting him as a replacement for Kane, and whether Tottenham will want to pay the money. Tottenham versus. Uh, Levy versus Dorentis in a transfer standoff is not going to be pretty, is it, Rahman? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And to be to be honest, sorry, Rahman. To be honest, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the player would want to listen to sports again. Honestly, but things change in football. You never know. Um, I mean, the way the whole thing was discussed, and he himself would understand. I mean, it's it's been four four years shy of that period now. Everything has changed, and you never know. Um, he might want to be interested, but I think Chelsea quietly with friends around him, with those who have always known him, Chelsea would have been his first choice. But then again, I mean, Chelsea, yeah. you don't really have a striker, so it's an option. Man United are there, 
Um, those are the two teams. But also, don't forget around the continent as well. There's been talks of Bayern Munich. There's been talk of Paris Saint-Germain. Um, so it's just not going to be restricted to um, having, um, you know, the English Premier League as a choice. There are clubs who might probably go and um, attract interest from Laurentiis. And if he sees, you never know, 120 million euros, he might say, you know what, off you go. Um, you never know. Um, PSG might be able to do that if they want to let um, Mbappe leave. You never know. Anything is possible in transfer market, but his priority will be Premier League. And then who will sign him is up to them and the Napoli president. I think for me, Victor is, is lethal. He's brutal. He's tall, quick and powerful. The only player that comes to mind when I look at Victor is Didier. When Didier came came to this game, uh, to, to the Premier League. And for me, his true test will be how he plays in this league. And I know a lot of people will say, yeah, well, he's doing it in in, in Europe. He's doing it in the Serie A. But I know how tough this league can be. For me, he's world-class. He's, 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 he's massive. He's got every trade to succeed. Should he go to Tottenham? Wow, that's a big question because Spurs have challenges. We don't even know who the boss will be next summer. Hurricane, will he be there? Will he not? You don't know. But like Vic, uh, like like um, Ogashina rightfully said, in Africa, it's either United or Chelsea. And I, I think that if he was to go to a club, club and thrive with the fan base Chelsea have in Nigeria, he would really get the support he needs. And Support is a massive part, honestly. It really is, especially when your confidence is low. And listen, I'd love to see him in the Premier League. I would love to see him try his best against some of the best defenders, playing every three days and the pressure, the press and everything. But let's see. And I think his agents are working behind the scenes to make it happen. But yeah, it will be an interesting summer. Really interesting. Definitely. Listen, guys, thank you so much for that. It's really interesting. And, and uh, enjoy the next few weeks. Thank you so much for joining us. See you again soon. See you again. Thanks, okay. thanks for coming on. Yeah. Bless you, man. Any, anytime, bro.